0: you can't hide. It's far too late for that. Welcome to the dark side, where the night never ends, as Fangoria presents Dread Time Stories, with your host, Malcolm McDowell.
1: Who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, Even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time. So there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters and then new chapters are added weekly. So you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective.
2: No matter how far you run from them, childhood tragedies have a way of catching back up with you. So is true of elite scuba diver Veronica West, who is about to encounter something unexplainable at the bottom of the ocean, something that will draw her back to her home on Sinclair Island, Maine. There, she'll lead a dangerous rescue mission to the bottom of the Bay of Fundy, home of the world's largest tides, and something horrific down in the depths. Listen to Narcosis, the latest horror fiction show on Realm's premier horror channel, Undertow. Narcosis is available now. Search for Undertow or Narcosis wherever podcasts are served.
3: Listen up as many of the guys on the team as you can, first string only, I'm no slut, and pile into my van. We'll go out to the hollow, and I'll take one for the team. Mercy,
4: (laughs) you can't beat this. I mean, I heard you were kind of wild, but- Sounds
3: like a good time, doesn't it? You don't think I can handle it? Try me.
4: Okay. Okay. I'll call your bluff.
3: I don't bluff. Remember that when we play strip poker.
4: I'll round up the guys. Chuck, Meet you Chuck, out for Chuck, round
3: five. Chuck, Touchdown. Chuck, 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 Chuck,
5: Chuck. Mercy Mathers had, once upon a time, been a good little girl. As a child, she had platinum blonde hair, sky blue eyes, a perfect pale complexion, and a smile that would melt the heart of a misanthrope. But after her mother and father died in a plane crash when she was just 13, Mercy had gone to live with her wealthy, elderly grandmother. Grandma provided Mercy with two things, everything she wanted and no supervision. And when puberty came calling, the good little girl grew up and out and every witch fetching way. The most beautiful, perfect blonde any red-blooded boy or man might dream of. The kind of young woman who seemed utterly attainable. But the thing was, Mercy was attainable. Very attainable. She loved attention. She loved to party. And the worst kept secret at Clarion High was that everybody's favorite cheerleader, the prom queen, the girl most likely to succeed, was in particular the favorite of any number of boys. She'd never gone steady, Mercy, because she liked variety. She liked fun. The good little girl quite liked being bad.
4: Okay, Mercy,
2: we're game if you are.
3: I was born, game. You boys may be conference champs, but I am gonna rule your asses. You are mine.
6: Nice!
3: (laughs) Save your energy. You're gonna need it. Get in. This is gonna be the best homecoming ever.
2: Hey, hey, Merce. You better let me drive. You're a couple sheets to the wind, sweet cheeks.
3: Rod, I am doing all the driving tonight. Otherwise, you and your jock pals can find some other way to end a perfect evening. Oh, that's okay.
2: It's okay. Just uh, take it easy. Lots of cops out tonight uh, looking for party animals. A DUI wouldn't look cool on your permanent record.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in
7: and buckle up.
2: Okay.
5: The Hollow was everybody's favorite make out spot. But it took any number of back roads to get there. Mercy, take it easy.
3: Oh, don't be a pussy.
5: Mercy would have been fine if she hadn't passed a slow moving vehicle.
3: Get out of my way, farmer! Oh, On that hey, hill. Hey, hey. Mercy! <laughs>
0: Fangoria's Dread time stories will continue in a moment. Now, back to Fangoria's Dread time stories and mercy. Pastor, she's just woken up. She's heavily medicated and dazed, so please be gentle when you talk to her. I appreciate that, doctor. I'm here as much as a family friend as in my official capacity. Her late father was on the church board. What does she know? Nothing. Not about her friends, or her grandmother, either. If she gets upset, ring me. And don't talk with her long.
3: Strickland, is that you? Pastor, the last thing I remember...
0: Take it easy, young lady. We're just going to sit here like old friends and take our time with this. Give me your hand, child.
3: My, my friends, Rod, the others...
0: They're with the Lord, at least I hope they are.
3: Hope they are?
0: If they were right with God.
3: And if not?
0: Then I'm afraid they're burning in hell, dear.
3: They're dead? They're all dead? And I'm alive?
0: Well, this isn't heaven, child, it's just Iowa. You're going to be fine. That airbag saved you. But all the passengers and the driver of that combine you hit, well, we'll pray they were right with God.
3: My grandmother, where is she? Has she been here?
0: Now you don't have to worry about your grandmother.
3: Good. Good. She won't judge me. Everybody will, but she won't.
0: I won't lie to you, child. She was concerned when she heard. You know, you've been unconscious for a week.
3: Call her, would you, Pastor? Tell her I'm okay, that I'm not in a coma or anything.
0: I'm sure she knows, dear, where she is.
3: Why, wait, where is she?
0: She's left this veil of tears. God be praised. What? She had a fatal stroke the night she hurt.
3: Oh, my God.
0: Yes. Yes, let us pray.
3: Hester, she's dead, too.
0: She walks the green pastures with the Lord. I know she does because she prayed with me before she died. The Lord forgave her. She was born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb.
1: Oh, my God.
3: What have I done? I've sinned. I've been such a bad girl.
0: It's too late for those boys, Mercy. But not for you. You can get right with God.
3: I'm going to jail, aren't I? No. Pastor, I was drinking. I was drunk on my ass.
0: kind of language, young lady, is hardly the first step on your path to redemption.
3: My what?
0: Those boys in that van who died with you, who died in sin? For the sake of our community, for the sake of their parents, the sheriff has declined to press any charges against you.
3: That's crazy.
0: No. To the community, those eight members of the Clarion High football team were fine young men. Let them set an example in death that they did not in life. That they were drinking and on their way to defile a sweet young thing like you, Mercy. Well, what lesson would that teach?
3: Maybe that God struck them down for sinning.
0: That's an interesting thought. A topic worthy of discussion. Why don't you come live with Agnes and me? Our daughters are grown up, and I could be a father to you. You could have the guidance you need.
3: Thank you, Pastor, but I'll go back home. I'm 18. I can finish the school year and then decide what's next for me.
0: That's a very grown-up decision, dear. May I suggest that you start attending services again? Your grandmother never missed a one. All right. And you can study with me, privately, if you like. The scripture. Why, before you know it, you'll be a theological whiz.
3: Why do you want me? I'm a bad girl, Pastor. I was drinking. I invited those boys. I was going to... I was going to do bad things with them.
0: You're confessing your sins. What better start could there be than that? You could be born again, child. All those sins washed away.
3: But I'm weak. What... what if I sinned again?
0: There is no limit to the Lord's forgiveness.
3: What if I slip? What if I'm not right with the Lord when I die?
0: I think you know the answer to that, child.
5: And so Mercy turned over the proverbial new leaf. She went home to the Gothic near mansion where she and her late grandmother had lived, so big and empty and foreboding now. Yet somehow, it seemed just right, her new life, living alone, her spare time given to reading the Bible. Several evenings a week, she and the pastor Strickland studied and discussed scripture. She dressed more conservatively now, often in angelic white, but her natural beauty came screaming through. But when she returned to school, the welcome of some classmates was less than warm. Like Cindy Wesson, who'd been Rod's steady girl.
7: <laughs> hey, skank. Cindy, I understand how you feel. No, you don't. I think you're evil. Oh, and I know all about this goody two shoes act of yours. You're all churchy now but that doesn't mean you aren't going straight to hell.
3: I'm not going to hell. I've been saved. You can be too. Oh
7: my God. Yes,
3: your God. He loves you. He'll forgive your sins. My sins?
7: You were going to gangbang the first string of the football team. And you got him killed instead because you were drunk as a skunk. If you weren't designed for hell, who was? I'll pray for you. Don't do me any favors, scuzz
4: queen. Hey, Merce.
3: Oh, Randy. Hi, you look nice today.
4: Yeah, it's a retro thing. Black leather, like James Dean. Who? Oh, just another stud who died in a car crash.
3: I have to get to class.
4: (laughs) Bad joke. Uh, Look, some of these clowns around here are treating you pretty rotten. When's the last time you had a little fun?
3: I've sort of given up fun.
4: Oh, come on, baby. Let's hook up. What do you say?
3: I'm not that way anymore, Randy. But if you want to come over to my place tonight and study, that would be cool.
4: Yeah? Study what? We're seniors. We already know we're graduating.
3: How about something a little more spiritual?
4: What, Bible school?
3: Yes. It's never too late to get right with God.
4: Uh, your grandma croaked, didn't she?
3: Yes. She passed away.
4: Oh, that's a shame. So then you're, um, living alone? I am. Okay. Okay. I'm cool with a little Bible study. I could stand and get straight with the man upstairs, I guess.
3: That's wonderful. Stop over at 7. We'll sit by the fire, have snacks.
4: Yeah, I'm salivating already.
5: So that evening, a cool autumn night, Mercy puts on a white dress and makes crackers and cheese, and starts a fire.
4: Hi, babe.
3: You surprised me. I was listening for your Harley.
4: Hey, I only live three blocks over. Nice night like this. Thought I'd just... Have a nice walk out under God's majestic sky.
3: You look great. No biker leathers.
4: So, you like me in a
5: jacket and tie? Hey, Sunday school, right?
3: You're teasing. Come on in.
5: Soon Mercy and her guest are nibbling snacks and having soft drinks as he listens to her talk about the need for him to get right with the man upstairs.
4: Yeah, baby. I can see getting cool with the Almighty. I, I've done bad shit in my time. And what the hell, I could go for this born-again trip.
3: You're not just saying that?
4: No. You getting a little warm? I am. Why don't you slip out of that dress?
3: No, Randy. I told you. Hey,
4: you were talking about sacrifice before. Like that dude you read me about that was up for killing his kid because God told him to? God likes sacrifice, right? He does. Well then, give it up, baby. Sacrifice a little bit to Randy.
3: I don't think you're sincere.
5: Hey, my freaking sincerity is sticking out all over the place.
3: Pray with me, Randy.
5: So they prayed, and Randy asked for forgiveness, and he got right with God. And soon their kneeling position became prone, and mercy made the sacrifice. She enjoyed it. It was like old sinful times, but for a good cause. Randy fell asleep there in front of the fireplace and Mercy still naked as God had made her slipped into the kitchen and found the biggest butcher knife she'd ever seen she was raising it in two hands clutched in her prayer-like grasp when Randy awoke and looked up at the blade pointing at his bare chest mercy what the hell
3: Randy you're right with God now But what if you slipped? What if you slipped?
4: No! Uh, uh,
3: uh, No! Uh.
0: We'll return to Fangoria's Dread Time stories after these words.
1: shopify.com slash realm.
2: No matter how far you run from them, childhood tragedies have a way of catching back up with you. So is true of elite scuba diver Veronica West, who's about to encounter something unexplainable at the bottom of the ocean, something that will draw her back to her home on Sinclair Island, Maine. There, she'll lead a dangerous rescue mission to the bottom of the Bay of Fundy, home of the world's largest tides, and something horrific down in the depths. Listen to Narcosis, the latest horror fiction show on Realm's premier horror channel, Undertow. Narcosis is available now. Search for Undertow or Narcosis wherever podcasts are served.
0: Now back to Fangoria's Dread time stories and Mercy.
5: Living alone as she did, Mercy performed the cleanup herself at her leisure. That she and Randy had both been nude had been helpful, but disposing of him was more problematic
3: can't go dragging Randy off and just dropping him somewhere. might be seen. God would understand. But with the police?
5: So she went to the body of the boy she'd saved from hell, took him by the ankles and dragged him to the old-fashioned clawfoot bathtub. Somehow, she got him up and over and in. Her father had been in the grocery business and she'd seen sides of beef cut up often enough as a child and she was just about the least squeamish person in biology class. So cutting Randy into pieces was difficult work, but less disturbing than you might think. She sang Amazing Grace as she worked and had two epiphanies. One, she had a nice enough voice to join Pastor Strickland's choir. And two, saving Randy from hell by offering herself to him, by using the perfect body God had given her as a sort of offering, suggested that path to redemption the pastor had spoken of, Mercy had found her
0: calling.
3: Okay, now what? Of course, tonight is garbage night.
5: And so Mercy tidied up The parts that had been randy fit nicely into three triple-bagged garbage bags, taking up two of her grandmother's garbage cans, with room for another bag from the kitchen on top. Hauling the trash cans out to the curb took only minimal effort, and cleaning the tub and the hard wood flooring was a breeze.
0: Studies this evening.
3: Thank you, Pastor. I hadn't
0: forgotten. You're still in bed, aren't you, child? Afraid so. Well, go to the window and look at the beautiful fall day the Lord has provided, and get your pretty little bottom off to school.
3: Yes, Pastor. Thanks for calling.
5: The absence of Randy Johnson at school the next day went unnoticed. Neither his failing to return home the night before, nor his failure to be in class today were at all out of the ordinary. Today was like any other day at Clarion High, except for an appointment Mercy had been putting off with Mr. Dickey, the guidance counselor, after school
6: in his third-floor office. Come in, Mercy. Come in. Sit right there on the couch.
3: All right, Mr. Dicky.
6: Please, Mercy, we don't stand on ceremony. Remember? Not old friends like us. Call me Dan. Mr. Dickey, Dan, wasn't just a counselor.
5: He also taught a few classes of algebra. For a teacher, Mercy supposed, he was pretty young, late twenties. He had a wife and a little baby at home. And last year, in this office, she had earned an A from Mr. Dickey in the subject that up
6: till then she'd been failing. Until her oral exam. You don't mind if I sit next to you here on the couch?
3: No, Mr. Dickey.
6: Dan. Make it Dan. We're overdue for a talk about this
5: terrible tragedy. And for half an hour, with hardly a word from Mercy, the counselor counseled her assuring her that she need feel no guilt for making this one small mistake. One small mistake, Mercy thought, that had cost Clarion High
6: most of its first string footballers. Oh, I'm afraid I've gone on and on. Do you have anywhere you need to be?
3: No, I'm living alone now.
6: That's right, that's right, I heard that. Do you mind if I shut the door?
3: I don't mind, but I think all the office staff is gone already.
6: Everyone does seem to have skedaddled, but still better we preserve your privacy. Delicate subject. I understand you've had something of a religious conversion.
3: Well, Grandma went to Pastor Strickland's church regularly. Sometimes I went, too, but I never took it seriously till now.
6: You're, uh, born again?
3: I'm right with God.
6: So, you, uh, your sins are forgiven? Oh, yes. Well, that's wonderful. Mercy, uh, about last year, our little relationship?
3: It wasn't a relationship, exactly.
6: No, but you were very warm to me, and I hope I was, uh, understanding in return, and, well... Now that you have this newfound faith, I'm wondering if you must... uh, Are you compelled to... I'm
3: not going to tell on you, Mr. Dickey, Dan. Uh,
6: Good. I. Well, that was inappropriate last year, and I'm really sorry.
3: It was sinful. You're a married man. You have a small child.
6: I I am. I only wish I could make amends to you somehow.
3: You need to make amends with God.
6: Yes. Yes. I'm a pretty religious person myself, actually. That would be a fine solution. Shall we pray together? And once again, Mercy
5: got on her knees in Mr. Dickey's office. But this time, so did he. They knelt together, prayed, and with Mercy's prompting, Mr. Dickey indeed got right with God. Just after he got right with God, however, Mr. Dicky put his hands on Mercy in an inappropriate manner. You see,
3: Mr. Dickey, you've slipped already.
6: You're so lovely. Such an angel. Air. I need some
5: air. Mr. Dickey got to his feet and went to the window.
6: I'm not a nice person. Mercy, I'm really not.
3: We'll pray again. You will be right with God, Mr. Dickey. You will be.
5: And so they prayed there, at the window in the crisp, fresh air, until dusk turned into a starry evening. When their prayers had ceased, Mr. Dickey took her in his arms.
6: You're a special young woman, Mercy. Very special.
5: There wasn't much time Mr. Dickey was faltering. Before he could slip from grace, mercy gave him a firm, but loving, shove. And he slipped from the window. To the hard cement three stories below.
0: We'll return to Fangoria's Dread Time Stories after this. And now back to Fangoria's Dread time stories and the conclusion to Mercy. The tragic
5: suicide of guidance counselor Dan Dickey attracted no more attention than the disappearance of Randy Johnson who had, after all, been threatening to blow this pop stand for years. So Mercy became convinced of the righteousness of her calling. Mercy went on a picnic with gifted nerd Oscar Pike, whose computer skills were for sale to his fellow students.
2: Yeah, Mercy. You wouldn't believe how much dough I got stashed away. LOL. (laughs) Selling porn site codes to tweens, fixing grades in the school's database, Man, there's nothing I can't do online.
3: But, Oscar, you can't get right with God with a few keystrokes.
2: Thought you'd be impressed. DFI.
3: Oh, I am by your skills, your mind. But intellectual values pale next to spiritual growth. I could never be with a boy who wasn't one with the Lord.
2: Well, um, BTW, I'm willing to learn. And
5: there in the cool shade of a magnificent oak, with a babbling brook nearby, Sharing a picnic lunch on a checkered tablecloth with not even an ant to disturb them. She schooled Oscar in the ways of righteousness. And he confessed his many, though to mercy somewhat
2: boring, sins. So, uh, I'm free of sin now, right? Maybe we could... WTF. I I don't know.
3: How about a skinny dip?
2: OMG. Yeah.
5: And soon swimming under the sun as God had made them. They splashed, kissed, and she rewarded him.
8: I can't
2: believe this! Woo! This is freaking great! R.M.S. The most beautiful girl in school. No, the most beautiful girl anywhere. And she's mine. All mine.
3: Nailed it! How long do you think you can stay under? I'll time you. Okay. WTFN. (laughs)
4: じゃあ、行って <laughs>
5: And performing the second baptism was much easier. Mercy barely needed both hands holding Oscar under. And after, when he floated on his belly like a fish without a loaf, he seemed so peaceful. He'd left these earthly woes behind on his laptop hard drive. He was in a better place.
7: Mercy. Hey, wait up. Hi, Cindy. You look nice today. Yeah, well, um, look, I want to make amends. Oh? I was wrong about you. I thought this I found Jesus thing was just an act. Something you put on to try to make people think you were sorry for what happened last fall.
3: I am sorry.
7: Yeah, I, I think you are. Look, I know we'll never be friends, but I just wanted you to know no hard feelings.
3: Bless you for that.
7: I mean, with all of these deaths lately, it, it makes you think. Sort of, I don't know, reevaluate. It's almost like God has it in for poor little Clarion.
3: No, God loves everyone here and
7: everywhere. Sometimes He has a funny way of showing it. I mean, first, Peter Bishop. I mean, all right, he was an awful person, but. To get boozed up and fall asleep and drown in your own hot tub? Ew. And then Oscar Pike goes swimming by himself. Like, he could swim? And the poor nerd drowns too. It's an epidemic. Oh, and our guidance counselor kills himself? What kind of way to guide impressionable young minds is that?
3: The Lord moves in mysterious ways.
7: No shit.
3: Sin, if you ever want to talk, you can come over to my house. Sometimes it helps to just unburden yourself. Okay. Maybe I will.
7: (laughs) You know, I've been thinking. Maybe it's time to take the sin out of Cindy. Never too late. (laughs) Anyway, I was gonna mention, I signed up for that church retreat this weekend. Awesome. (laughs) I'll see you there.
5: Mercy had already been looking forward to the Bible study retreat out of the church campgrounds. In jeans and t-shirt, she drove out there late Friday afternoon, pulling up the gravel drive into the open space set within a cathedral of sun-shimmering trees. She was surprised that only one other car was there, past the Strickland's. Was she early?
0: Mercy? Mercy, come inside the lodge house. Where is everybody? The rest of the kids won't be coming till tomorrow, around noon. This is just my little surprise. Oh? After meeting so often at my house for our Bible study sessions, figured this would make a nice change of setting. We can get a jump on this retreat. All right. You can bunk in the girls' wing and I have my own quarters. It'll be strictly... Kosher? (laughs) Yes, perhaps not the exact word I might have chosen. Do you have your Bible with
3: you? I do.
0: Let's sit by the fire. I have sandwiches made and soft drinks. We'll dig in to the food and to our studies.
5: For several hours, Mercy and Pastor Strickland talked scripture and theology, and she was very pleased when he praised her for how much she'd grown. Several times, he put his arm around her and she had a momentarily queasy feeling, but she guessed this was just fatherly affection
0: on the pastor's part. I'm so proud of you, Mercy, of what you've accomplished over these months on your path to redemption.
3: I have worked hard.
0: Then when he sent her off to her
5: bunk, he gave her a kiss on the cheek that maybe lingered a little too long. Or was just that her imagination? She was just starting to undress when she sensed something
0: and turned.
3: Pastor, you scared me.
0: Not my intention, child, not my intention. But he had scared her,
5: and he stood there in the doorway in an old-fashioned dressing gown, purple and satin, sashed with a yellow droopy belt like the old
0: prize fighters used to wear before starting the match. You are such a beautiful child, do you know this verse? Thou art fair, thou hast dove's eyes within thy locks. Thy lips are like a thread of scarlet. Thy two breasts are like two young rows that are twins which feed the lilies.
3: I... I don't know that one.
0: The Song of Solomon. Continue. What? Please, continue. Disrobing? Let me feast my eyes on God's great handiwork.
5: Oh, dear. It seemed now the pastor was slipping. How ironic that Mercy would have to save him. She slowly removed her things, and he watched her with half-lidded eyes, trembling, unsteady, as if he might fall over. But then she was before him as God had made her, but of course, after puberty had finished the job.
0: Now, dear,
5: Behold your Maker. The Bible said that man was made in God's image, but Mercy hoped that that wasn't true in the pastor's case. This man was skinny, awful creature with splotchy pale flesh, mottled with splotchy white hair. Mercy had never seen a naked man so old, so wrinkled, so... disgusting. It was difficult for her to reconcile this shriveled beast with the kind reverend who had schooled her in the ways of goodness.
0: Take my hand, child. You will make your offering to me under God's great sky. Mercy took his
5: hand, and the perfect naked young woman and the ghastly older man walked into the pleasantly cool evening under a million stars and one glowing ivory moon. The sky was God's handiwork at its greatest. The pasta was more like an off day. At Strickland's command, she lay on the grass before him.
0: Perfection. Perfection. There is a God. There is a. Oh! <clears throat>
3: Pastor, what's wrong?
0: My pills. They're in my room. Catherine, child.
3: First, you must ask for forgiveness for the sin you were about to commit.
0: Lord, forgive me.
3: Good. Now ask my forgiveness.
0: I'm sorry. I am only human. A frail, imperfect man. I need my pills. Don't just lay there. Get up. Get my
6: pills.
5: Watching Pastor Strickland die, it wasn't any worse than cutting up Randy Johnson's body in that bathtub. Mercy felt a kind of serene goodness, sitting there naked, watching him gasp and groan and froth. He'd done something terrible and was paying for it. But he was right with God, so it would be worth the suffering.
0: Damn you. Damn you.
3: Bless you, Pastor. Hello?
7: Mercy? It's me, Cindy. Um, you want to ride out to the campgrounds?
3: Campgrounds?
7: Yeah, the church retreat. I I can pick you up.
3: Mm, No thanks, Cindy. I'm a little under the weather.
7: Oh, too bad. Well, I'll say hello to your pal, the preacher man.
3: Do that, please.
7: Hey, you sound funny. You haven't lost your faith all of a sudden, have you?
3: Not at all. Not my faith, or my calling.
5: So, before we say amen to our dark little sermon, let me remind the randy boys among you, and the dirty girls as well, that mercy is still out there right now among you, saving souls. And to those boys especially, I must offer this friendly counsel. Think twice when some beautiful angel offers herself to you in sacrifice. It might be our little Mercy, ready to send you screaming to your maker.
0: We'll return to Fangoria's Dread time
2: stories after this. No matter how far you run from them, childhood tragedies have a way of catching back up with you. So is true of elite scuba diver Veronica West, who's about to encounter something unexplainable at the bottom of the ocean, something that will draw her back to her home on Sinclair Island, Maine. There, she'll lead a dangerous rescue mission to the bottom of the Bay of Fundy, home of the world's largest tides, and something horrific down in the depths. Listen to Narcosis, the latest horror fiction show on Realm's premier horror channel, Undertow. Narcosis is available now. Search for Undertow or Narcosis wherever podcasts are served. Mercy
0: was written for radio by Max Allen Collins from his short story. Heard in the cast were Natalie Berg, Gary Tiedemann, Joby Cerny, Jim McCants, Amber Lake, Kurt Nabig, Christian Stolte, and Carl Amari. Fangoria's Dread Time Stories with host Malcolm McDowell is a copyrighted radio feature produced and directed by Carl Amari. Executive producer, Thomas DeFeo. Associate producer, Chris Rowe. Sound design, custom Foley effects, recording, and editing are produced in the Cerny American Sound-to-Picture Theater by sound designers Craig Lee, Bob Benson, and Tim Cerny. Original music composed and conducted by Chris Alexander. Join us next time on The Dark Side, where the night never ends, for another fascinating story presented by Fangoria magazine. Jim McCants speaking.